0: Good morning, all right. Welcome everybody to Genesis. Uh, We're going to get started in a second here with a few songs to open up our service. So if you're out in the lobby, um, come make your way inside. And if you're here in the sanctuary, please stand with us together. Come and adore Him. Come, let us worship at His feet. Come, bow before Him. Come and see, for who He says He is, and those through. us to come and see Jesus the King Jesus the King Come and adore him Come let us worship at his Come bow before him Come and sing For who he says he is And those through the ages have seen The Spirit invites us to come surrounds his throne and wonders that many have known fall on his people that we might see jesus the king jesus the king jesus the The King, great and glorious, you are holy, wonderful, you are rich in mercy. He is. Great and glorious, he is holy.
1: My name is Brendan Lokes. My wife and I, Sarah, are new to Genesis relatively. Uh, Our first time coming was Christmas, and uh, we felt so welcome and included that we decided to keep coming back. And I know we've met a handful of you all, and everyone that we've talked with has just been so um, kind and open and welcoming, and um, it's just been so great to be a part of it. Uh, So today, I'll be reading The Call to Confession and our Prayer to Confession. Uh, Feel free to follow along on the screen. There will be uh, some bolded portions that we can read together, um, and I'll uh, lead us here into into the prayer. For today's Prayer of Confession, we're going to read the Palm Sunday story together. As we read through the narrative, we'll pause to admit the places where we so often and so easily could change the narrative. So read with me, trusting that no matter what we do or don't do, the story ends with love. Let us pray. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. God forgive us for the times when we do not trust your word and do not follow where you lead. We long to be the ones who can go into the village ahead of you. Forgive us when we play it safe. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. God, forgive us for forgetting that you are always coming toward us. You are drawing near like a king on a donkey. Help us find you in our midst. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Creator God, forgive us for the moments when we choose greed over generosity, or when we choose our self-image over our loyalty to you. Give us the courage to be unabashed in our faith. Give us the strength to throw our coats on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted hosanna to the son of david blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord hosanna in the highest heaven son of david give us the conviction to shout your name from the rooftop give us the wisdom to sing hosanna when jesus entered jerusalem the whole city was stirred and asked who is this the crowds answered This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. With hope in our hearts, we pray for you, Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Amen. And now, words of forgiveness. Family of faith, there will be days when we withhold our praise. There will be days when we dare not follow. There will be days when we ignore God's call when we choose comfort over courage, in ourselves over others. But even on those days, even on our worst days, we belong to God. Hear and believe the good news of the gospel. Nothing can separate us from God's love. We are loved, forgiven, and sent out to serve. Hosanna, amen.
0: All right, we're going to do one more song to open our service, so would you stand with us again? Uh, this song, I think, is a great, a great uh, theme with what we just prayed about God being with us. And you've come to bring peace. To be loved, to be nearer to us, and you've come to bring life, to be light, to shine brighter in us. So oh, we man you well. God with us, our Deliverer, you are saved in your presence we find our strength over everything our redemption god with us you are god with us and you've come to be hope to this world for your honor and name and you've come to take sin, to bear shame, and to conquer the grave, we man, you are God with us. Our deliverer, you are Savior. In your presence, we find our strength. We are standing in your glory you are here you are holy we are standing in your glory you are here you are holy we are standing in your glory Your glory, Lord. Our deliverer, you are Savior. In your presence we find our strength over everything, our redemption. are God with us.
2: You are God with us. Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you.
3: excuse my back. Good morning. What a glorious day it is. Amen? To be in the house of the Lord for an hour or so, maybe an hour and a half, depending on how long the sermon is, but that's okay. Um, this is testimony time, and don't be bothered by the word testimony. What we want to know, what's in your heart, uh, how God uh, was in your heart last week, and what's going on. So, just raise your hand and. Now that i don't have to get a new knee i can run run up and down the aisle to uh come to you so raise your hand who would like to be heard Uh, well uh, let me start and maybe you'll come up um we have a small group and our mentor and our leader is dan buttry and um, we've been watching the movie chosen and now that season three is over uh we're going back to to read matthew i love matthew what a guy he really is uh, of the of of all the 11 uh, i love matthew the most so if you want to find out what's going on this read read matthew he, he's he's quite a guy but we're, we're in chapter nine now chapter nine and the whole chapter nine talks about all the miracles that Jesus performed going down the many villages that we had. So we're looking at miracles now today, aren't we? There are still miracles that happen, and I I, I guess two or three people I wanna talk about, and if you wanna raise your hand, I'll stop and come back to you. Um, Luca, who is Sandy Vanek's great grandchild, has not received his heart yet, and he's having a terrible time with his lungs. So we're asking that you would pray for Luca. uh, First of all, that he would get that heart soon and pray that his lungs would clear up. Uh, He's having a very difficult time uh, with his lungs. So we, we pray for that. And I want you to pray for Carmel today. I told Carmel when she did come to church, and she would be right over there, sitting there. I was going, I'm going to come up to her, I'm going to jump up and down and say, praise God. Praise God that Carmel is here. So I want you to pray for Carmel, for a miracle, that her breathing would be normal, and that she would be there. Any cans yet? Okay, I'll oh, I talk for another hour then. That's okay. <laughs> I, I don't care. Uh, I'll put my Bible down. Would you stand up? This is our pastor, in case you're the first time here. Uh, Bo, Carmo is, uh, and Bo, our husband and wife, of course you know that too. But I want us to pray for Oh, today, not only for the devotion that he gives to this church, but for his, his life. We don't have, you know, let's be honest, when he goes home, he's a fantastic caregiver with Carmel, but he has two boys, <laughs> two boys that, you know, come on. If you have little boys, they're not exactly going to sit there and Watch television all day long. They're gonna be running around, right? Right? So we pray we pray for Bo to take care of his kids. So would you stand, please? Just stand for a moment. Heavenly Father, we raise our hands and we sit, we stand, and we praise Bo and lo, we ask for the miracle for him, too. And an incredible caregiver, one who loves you as you know, and he loves his family, he loves Carmel. But Lord. We're asking you to come down, come down and cure Carmel now that she may live a normal life and that we'd love each other until whenever when, Lord. Amen. Okay, I'm uh, just—nobody. Oh, I'll run. No, I'm not running. I'll walk. I was going to say this is the first time that I was up here— if he hadn't raised his hand, that nobody raised their hand. And you know what? That's, Lord, I'm sorry. I, you know, he's going to have a talk with me this afternoon. i the one that usually
4: shuts up there,
3: <laughs> I don't think they heard that.
5: So, uh, you know, last, was it uh, last Sunday that you preached on raising of Lazarus? And uh, Harvey and I met right after the service. And there was stuff popping that we didn't get to share with with others and um, our own experiences with death and and uh, we ended up in our bible study spending the first half of it processing a lot of that that stuff you know and how we deal with um uh, and and it's i didn't share this in our group but you know our, our six-year-old daughter uh granddaughter uh her mom died uh last year uh, we just passed her anniversary in march uh of her her, of her death and um and she was saying to us you know jesus brought other people back from the dead why can't he bring mommy back and you know we're so we're processing this and um but as Bo was sharing last Sunday, and then I shared with the group, um, I w- was present with my dad when he died. Uh, he was 56 years old, died of prostate cancer. Um, and uh, Sharon and I were with him the moment he died in the hospital. And uh, it'd been kind of wild and crazy because I'd you know, you had to fly in and we got to the hospital, he'd already slipped into the coma. And, you know, we were talking with my mom about, you know, we're going to have to get uh, my brothers to come up and all this kind of stuff. And and so we're doing all this while we're sitting there, you know, occasionally reading a psalm or praying with him. But uh, uh, mom went out to call my brothers and Sharon was holding his hand and I was standing behind her when he went into the last breaths and died. The moment he died, I was overwhelmed with this uh, mystical experience of life in capital letters filling the room and was more solid than the bed that my dad's body was on i mean it was just incredible life and that probably took a millisecond but it was eternity infinity in that millisecond And as soon as it was passed, you know, I I started to weep and all that kind of stuff, but it was like a different kind of weeping because I had experienced life in Christ, eternal life, and there was still sadness, there were still losses and holes that were there because of dad not being present and still huge questions that I've got that I'm going to take up with Jesus when I see him face to face, but you know it's it's. It, it was it was something so big and so real that i could never ever question it it was it was profound and i just want to want to share that with us as we go through this time uh holy week coming up the the death and the resurrection of jesus and you know as we you know think of the mobius family and their experiences but we all have experiences of of death we have experiences of people that live from difficult situations miracles almost and then where the miracle doesn't take place and and you know as people of faith i just want to want to say that uh, jesus is the resurrection and the life and i've experienced that
6: thank you dan that's wonderful um my name is sharon Batri. uh some of you know i have an art practice and um i'm going to be 70 this year and i'm planning to take an art sabbatical and um, the lord has given me a theme of light and i've started noticing light and the play of light and how playful light is Uh, for example this morning there are wonderful reflections of those lights in the background and the patterns they make. And it's like, it's opened up a whole new world to me of just being aware and noticing light and how playful it is, but also noticing that wherever light is, there are shadows. And it's a wonderful spiritual metaphor that wherever there's darkness, uh, the light is somewhere (laughs) uh, and there are shadows. So um, I'm gonna be starting a website uh, for my art practice for this sabbatical year. And if you notice light and you take a photo, um, I've been painting and I just finished a painting of a dawn light kind of painting. And I'm eager to just share that, um, as a community, uh, where we notice light and shadow. And I just praise God for light for Jesus is the light that came into the world. And is the light in my life and if there's any spark of light in me it is because of jesus amen
3: and all god's people said amen, amen. okay no hands are up um oh. I'll say oh
7: okay then, yes okay this may be sounds kind of silly a little but it was god speaking to me this week um i have been trying to go to the gym on a regular basis and finding that not having a regular time or a partner makes it very difficult i kind of like while away in my morning and then it's too late or no i need to take a shower no i don't need to do it. anyway i received a phone call out of the blue from one of my bible study friends who says hey would you like me to join you going to the gym and we can meet at 9:30 in the morning a couple days a week and i'll I'll make you accountable now i had never talked to her about this other than she then other than saying that i was going and she was going and i just felt like wow god just heard my thoughts
3: thank you
8: So, I had the privilege, uh, building off of what Dan said uh, earlier, uh, on Friday I flew to Philadelphia to attend the memorial celebration for a friend and a team member, uh, part of the team that I lead in the ministry. 90 years old and still actively sharing his faith in the Lord. Cal uh, was uh, a missionary. He and his wife were a missionary in Japan for years. He pastored. He retired from official ministry, but while they were living in Virginia Beach before they moved to Pennsylvania, every day he walked in his neighborhood and anyone he met, he shared his faith with. And as I attended that service, it was a really a challenge to me about finishing well. It was very funny that um, in an odd sort of way that his wife didn't think that there would be many people at his service and when we got there the place was full people that he had impacted friends and family uh, 14 grandchildren seven (laughs) great-grandchildren a whole family that um, while not all are following the lord many are and cal challenged us as a ministry to always lean into prayer so in every way it was a challenge and a celebration to me about finishing well uh, in life. So, I just praise the Lord for him and for that opportunity. Thank you.
4: Hi, I'm Caitlin, um, and this is Mike. So, about a year ago, I met a friend of a friend, um and we actually got into a spiritual conversation over our meal and then after we met up he texted me and he said hey can we call i have a few questions about my faith um and so this person he is the kid of a pastor and he left the faith for a while and then just had a bunch of questions that he wanted to ask me um so we've been keeping in touch since then Um, And then a few nights ago, he was in my dream and I had this dream where um, we were like in a class and on a whiteboard, there was a question that said, what has God been teaching you this week? And I looked down on my paper and in my handwriting, it said, even if you never did anything good again, God would still love you. And so I texted him this and I was like, should I text him this, because it's kind of weird to tell someone that they were in your dream. Um, but I decided to just go for it, um, and I told him my dream, and he replied and he said, I remember a birthday card where I got, that I got from my mom five years ago, and it said that same thing. And that was the most loved that I ever felt in my life. Um, so it was just really cool to be able to have that experience and share it with that friend.
3: Thank you. Anybody else? Um, I will will mention as I'm walking down here that my wife and I went to visit uh, Dave Nichols, who used to be the pastor here at this church, lives on the other side in Sawyer, Michigan, right right by the lake. Um, Dave has dementia, and so I would ask that you would pray for Dave. Um, We spent only a couple hours there. But uh, God was with us in that room when we sat and talked. Um, So pray for Dave.
7: Thanks, Harvey. I'm Betsy. I prayed for Dave, too, and Linnea, mostly Linnea. Um, Today is the 46th anniversary of the day our mom died. She was only 47, which means she's been gone for as long as she was here. we we, we kind of celebrate this day in the long term. I don't know how, but we turned it into making good things happen on this day. It was Palm Sunday, by the way, so that's kind of a good day to die. Um, we just found out that there's going to be a what would have been a great grandchild for her, so sometimes there's a heavy thing like that. We get sad, but then we get real excited, and we do. I'm the oldest of four kids. Um, One of the saddest things about losing her so young is that we didn't really have an adult relationship with her, which kills me. I I mean, I can't tell you. Um, And I was the oldest, my sister was only 15, and we started a text, a four-way text, remembering things about mom. Like one day, we and no one knows, what did she put in her coffee? cream and sugar, just cream, like we're still arguing about it and no one knows, (laughs) but we always come up with something. Remember when mom said that? Remember when mom said that? So she's alive in in every way. She was an incredible pianist. She had eight years of instruction and uh, dad bought her a piano one year. It was the first time I ever saw her cry. It was pretty amazing. I think I'm getting a little carried away. but she played the piano constantly. It was her way of relaxing. And I don't mean she played, you know, somewhere over the rainbow. She played things we didn't know, like Rachmaninoff and this and that. And it was very truly the soundtrack of our lives, Marty. Um, the soundtrack of our lives. And and we, we just didn't know what we had. And um, when I hear that kind of music, you know, it just kind of takes me there. I'm a little carried away, but we're, we were, were blessed to have her Uh, she's the reason we all have such a great sense of humor which we're very grateful for i look exactly like her i um, sound exactly like her so that's kind of a cool thing now you know what she sounds like okay i will end today
3: with a little, so I can have a smile on your face. Uh, at 86, I have a bucket list, but there's only two things on my bucket list. I'm taking one of them off today, and that's if the Lions would ever play in the Super Bowl. So the, that's one of them. The other thing is that at being at 86, 14 more years, I, I tell the folks at City Hall that I want to live to be 100. They said, wow. Well, why do why, why you pick on 100 I said because the day after I reach 100. I'm going to take my picture and send it to the day show so I can get my picture on Smucker's jelly. <laughs> so I, I don't know who's in charge. What a, oh, there he is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, Harvey. I'm definitely not in charge. Uh, <laughs> I'm just next. Hi, my name is Greg. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, on um, Palm Sunday today. Um, yeah, welcome to Genesis. And uh, please take a moment to let us know that you're here by filling out either the digital green card on our website or the physical green card in that sh- may be nearby you in your pew. Um, if you're new to Genesis, you can text new to Genesis, all one word to 94,000. You can place that physical green card in the wooden box at the back of the sanctuary. This is also where you can place your offering if you have brought it with you. Thank you to all who give, um, both in person and also online um, or through text. We're eating together today. Um, yeah, but this meal is a little bit more special. We are, it's a meal before Kyle Movius's memorial service. Um, this is Ryan and Bethany Movius's brother. Um, we as a church are hosting friends and family of theirs and uh, please stay for lunch in the memorial today to show support and to surround them with church family. Um, If you came across Main Street or came in the front doors off Main Street, you'll notice that we have uh, installation out front. It's Stations of the Cross, or as we're gonna call it, Stations of the Street. So this is um, a meditative and reflective experience, Um, thinking back about Jesus's last final steps um, on his way to the cross. Um, So we're wanting to engage in that ancient tradition and practice of meditating uh, through passages. And so we've set out signs out front and they have QR codes. There's 12 stations and we're just really hoping and praying that like many including myself and you, like that we can all encounter God um, in an intimate and vibrant way uh, through this through this ancient experience. Um, It's only available this week, uh, so please take advantage of that. Um, um, I mentioned the QR codes, and then also we're gonna have three, like this can be done alone by yourself or with family or in a small group. Um, Yeah, so please just come and and take advantage of that. And we're gonna have three different times with a guide. So Wednesday, me and my wife are gonna, Meet at seven and anybody that wants to join us, we can kind of be like a little guide. Uh, Yeah, and then Thursday from five to 630. um, There's also going to be another guide there and then Saturday, I'm going to start it at 9am. So if anybody wants to join me for that one. Um, Yeah, so Wednesday, 7pm, Thursday, five to 630pm and Saturday 9am. Um, There's also Maundy Thursday materials, um, that those are, um, I don't know what they are, but take a look. I think there's lots of printouts, and Maundy Thursday is like the, I think, when the Last Supper occurred, the day before uh, uh, the crucifixion. And so that's on the small group table in the back, Um, and the rest of this week. So we have Good Friday, there's a family event that's 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., uh, 10 a.m. to noon, and that's here. Good Friday service here at 6 p.m., and Easter morning at 10 a.m. So please join us for those times. And um, I'm going to release the middle schoolers if there's any in here. And also try and f- connect with someone that you may not know. Go. Thanks. Have a good Sunday.
9: Good morning, again. Good morning, and welcome. My name is Bo. Harvey was saying, I don't know who's in charge. And I think it was Norm. He had somebody on his team who helps around here. And he's like, are you in charge? And if you ask me that, I'm always going to say no. I, I don't know who's in charge, either. <laughs> We tend to say Jesus is in charge, Holy Spirit is in charge, and we submit to the Spirit. So may we do so today. Also, in light of that, stories are so holy. And I love it when people share stories. They're they're human. We touch them. And so today, we're, we're reflecting on a story in the life of Jesus that every one of those who gave an account of the life of Jesus told it. We heard the story of Betsy and your, your mom, and you just sharing a part of your mom in that ache. Of you longing to say, I wish I had this, and I didn't. And we mourn with that, but we also delight in it. And, the, and we hold both of those things as you tell the story, and we get to enter it with you. It's holy. And today, for those who stick around and hear the stories of Kyle, we'll be filled with mourning and holiness for many of us who, won't even, who have never had met him. But yet we'll enter into the holiness of that moment of being with people who knew him and loved him and had the opportunity in the holiness of his own life and the goodness of it and the love of our God that embraces us all. I love the story, Caitlin, that you shared. Having that dream and being like, should I share it? It's weird. And every one of us is like, yeah, that is kind of weird. But yes, you have to share it. Because all of us are wanting to be weird in that way that we would love people, because what you shared was good. We kind of say what makes us unique is we say the heroes, um, our heroes are among us. And Caitlin, you are a hero. It's everyday people living like Jesus. And that's what you were doing when Jesus met you and gave you that beautiful proclamation of good news, written on this chalkboard. That is the coolest dream. And then you shared it. Well done. Because it was love. So I love that. What a holy story. I think every one of us could hear that message that God gave Caitlin and say it's true for us. There's not another good thing you have to do. God God loves you with an infinite love and a joy and a delight that would blow our minds and hearts wide open if we could see it and feel it and know it. This is good. Thank you for being, thank you for sharing and open your mouths and telling those stories and being here today. Thank you for bringing food for those who are able to bring food. It's holy and we're gonna eat together. But today is Palm Sunday and we're gonna reflect on the story that as I said that every gospel writer told. But before it let me share a few stories of my own with you. In 1990, I was 17 and I I worked in a movie theater in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and I was an usher. And ushers, you take tickets and you tear them, and then you check the temperature in the movie theaters to make sure if there's more people or less people, it's not too hot, it's not too cold. You have a little flashlight, you make sure no one's putting their feet up on the seat above them because we didn't have the reclining seats at that time. That's what you're kind of doing, making sure that young kids don't sneak into the movies. But one of the main things you do is that whenever the movie ends, you open the doors and prop them open so the movie tenders can walk out and then you can pick up the popcorn bags and all that. But because you're waiting for the movies to be done, you're always watching the end of the movies that are there. And so there's certain movies that I have etched into my soul, the ends of them and lines from them. Now, as Americans, the majority of us have movies and quotes marked on our souls. It's the culture from which we're a part of. Many of us were raised and taught and shaped by the most part by the culture of movies and those lines. But in 1990, there was a particular movie that changed the world. It was Rocky IV. And, it, you know, Rocky had been beat up by Ivan Drago. That yeah, was in Rocky III where he fought the Russian, you know. Um, but Rocky had been beat up from that one and had brain damage, it, he, which he got in every movie he did. And they're like, Rocco, you can't fight anymore. You're, you're done. So Rocky kind of is no longer a professional fighter. And a young guy comes up named, named Tommy Guns, which was really a professional boxer named Tommy Morrison. And, and he's gonna he helps him, he picks him up, and he starts training him. And he starts and, and Tommy starts to do really good. And all of a sudden, Tommy gets a shot at being the champ, and he turns his back on Rocky um, because he was uh other people turned they, they lied about Rocky and said, Rocky only wants your money and he doesn't want anything. So Tommy turns his back on Rocky and then goes away and becomes champion. But then Tommy Morrison gets all mad and everyone's like, no, Rocky's really the champ. And so Tommy shows up. That's yeah, long. This long, this is really hard to follow. It's Rocky IV, so. But Tommy Morrison, Tommy Guns, shows up at this diner where Rocky is and kind of says, Rocky, I'm gonna fight you right now. You're, you're a joke, you're nothing. I'm gonna beat you up, you know? And Rocky's like, no, I want no part of this. You're the champ, go celebrate, whatever. Then Paulie. Rocky's cousin comes in and says, you're a bum, you're a bum, Tommy. You, you. Rocco was the best guy ever, you know? And then uh, Paulie pushes the professional boxer, Tommy Guns, Tommy Guns punches Paulie in the face, knocks him down, and then Rocky has this moment. You can knock him down, won't you try knocking me down? <laughs> That's my best. That line, that line is etched in my soul. You can knock him down, why don't you try knocking me down? So Rocky's like, oh, now you've pushed it to the limit. You've betrayed me. You've slandered my name. You you turned on my kindness and love, but now you punched Polly in the face. Now we're going to fight, and that's where the movie goes. But we have these things that are sort of etched within us. And that isn't the only line. I think I could probably share a few um, stories and lines that all of us could fill in the blank or even characters we know. I mean, even from the old school characters of Popeye. You know, when you watch those cartoons and I'm going to date myself and usually Popeye, when he was pushed to the limit, he would say, I've had all I can take and I can't, takes no more. Right. And then he'd take his spinach and then he would kick some butt. Right. We also know some of the, the cliche phrase that when you're um, when you're really doing well, when you when you crush something in life, you say things like, "Hey, I'm kicking butt and taking." You might not say "kicking butt," right? But so right. That, that means that you're doing really well. But you know what the taking names is in reference to? Anybody? Dog tags. So it's reference to. Kicking butt and taking names means you're going to collect the dog tags of those you slaughtered, right? So it's this term of like, yeah, he, he, here's the culture kind of saying, here's what we're doing. Uh, how about this one that might be shaped into your being? Um, the, the, the phrase is this, can you complete this line? Goodbye, see you later. Do anybody know that? Oh, I'm sorry, it's in another language. Hasta la vista. Uh, no, I'm going for another one. "Asta la vista. Baby? What's that from? Is that on Schwarzenegger? Oh, yeah. I thought he said something more crude, but maybe not. Yeah, so we know that one, and then he, he blows them away. So you knew the line. I had transformed it. These things grab us. And they have us and they surround us, and we could list so many more within our culture. But the story that we're reading about Jesus, that every gospel writer is a critique of every culture and an invitation on every one of us to the person of Jesus and to the way of Jesus. And so, this story, even though when we look at the stories of Jesus, of kind of coming in on a donkey, we could kind of say, ah, this one is actually kind of boring. This one is kind of like, you could skip this one. Let's get to the other ones. But yet, every writer, anyone who was given account, said, no, 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 no. This one has to be there. In case you get the wrong idea about who Jesus is, and in the end, about who God is. It's a critique, as we'll see. And he'll be critiquing against our culture and our contest and any culture and contest who's ever lived since then. And so, again, here's the story as Brendan read it for us this morning. It was found in Matthew 21 1 through 11. And this is Jesus, there, he's entering the city. And Passover is coming, so not only is he entering the city, any good Jew is commanded to go to Jerusalem three times a year. It's in Torah. Everybody is coming. The who's who are coming to Jerusalem. Everyone's coming. And if you're in a place of power, you're going to Jerusalem because all the people of power are going to be there. All the movers and the shakers, anybody who has means and opportunity power is going to Jerusalem. It is Passover. And Jesus is making his entry as well as everyone else. And so as they approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethphage and the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. This was in Zechariah 9.9, where this was written. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. This was them quoting Psalm 118. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So this story has got these two ancient stories, one from Zechariah the prophet is saying, a king is going to come and he's going to be riding on a donkey. Gentle and humble will be his characteristics. This is what will mark him. So when Jesus shows up to Jerusalem and he tells his disciples, he says, hey, I have have something you need to get. There's a symbol that I need you to get for me as I enter the, the city. And the symbol that Jesus asks them to get is the donkey. But when Jesus comes into the city, the people grab palm branches. And they're throwing them down and they're waving them and they grab another symbol. And even to this day, this Sunday is called Palm Sunday. But yet the symbol that Jesus tells his disciples to grab is the donkey. But Donkey Sunday just doesn't sound that good. <laughs> but that's the symbol. They've grabbed the palm branches and they, they start proclaiming a, a verse from Psalm 118. And so this is Psalm 118, starting at verse 15, and I'm going to read a portion of it. Shouts of joy and victory resound the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. This references the deliverance from Egypt. I will not die but live, and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous, and I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it's marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice and be glad. Lord, save us. Hosanna. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord for the house of the Lord our God, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us. With boughs in hand, join in the festal procession, up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. They're shouting, and they're waving these palm branches, and they're quoting the psalm, and even so, I'm sure they're not aware of the illusion of the rejection of what is about to take place as Jesus enters on the colt. They wave palm branches, and uh, Esau McCauley, who's a New Testament uh, professor at Wheaton, wrote an article this last week that was really interesting. And he connects those palm branches uh, because this was a symbol of the Maccabean revolt that happened in like 170 B.C., and at the cleansing of the temple, the people took palm branches and were waving them. And after the Maccabean revolt, this is when they threw out the oppressors. This is 170 years or so before Jesus. They overtook the more powerful army. And they saw it as a sign of God's miraculous work, and they waved palm branches. At that time when they created new coins in Israel, they had the palm branches upon those coins. And so the people waving the palms were saying, oh, we know what's happening here. Oh, we know what's about to take place. This is the king who's gonna come and we're gonna throw out the Romans. Hasta la vista. We know what's gonna take place. We're gonna take up arms. We're gonna defeat them. We're gonna cleanse the temple. This is what Jesus is doing. He's gonna come as a king and the king is gonna make war. And the king is going to deliver, and our enemies are going to be put down and put to shame, and we'll be set free. This is what's happening. And yet Jesus doesn't choose the palm branch, but chooses the donkey. And as we know, this is not the way of Jesus. The sword was not the way of Jesus. Violence was not the way of Jesus. Whenever that's said, or whenever it's written, whenever there's a protest, a violent action, there's always someone who says, But Jesus overthrew the tables. There's a story where Jesus goes into the temple and flips over the tables. That's where many think that's like, okay, yeah, finally Jesus does something we like and that we can do too. And we're pissed off. We can flip the tables, do all this, scatter the people, make a whip, and, and push everybody out. Jesus is not doing violence here. Jesus is being prophetic and kind of saying this is what's going to happen to this place. If you continue on this road, and also Jesus is making a statement that they have turned this whole place into a den of thieves, plus Jesus is saying God has not desired sacrificial offerings, but hearts that desire to do his will and compassion and mercy. Jesus is not moving towards violence in this in any way. So please stop saying, but Jesus overturned the tables as a proof text for showing that Jesus knows how to kick butt and take names. He doesn't. He came to bring life. So if you want to talk about flipping tables, then you should start flipping tables when we're done today and tearing down the tables after we eat together. And if you want to flip some tables, join us next Saturday when we feed a meal to those who are showing up longing for community. So if you want to talk about flipping tables, make tables for people to come around, and that be the expression of flipping tables. Sound good? Jesus does not come with violence, but with sacrificial love. And so this story is a critique against any other voice that tries to take claim to Jesus and to the way of God and to say it comes in any other way than being willing to pour yourself out in the name of love. It is so Important for us to understand that they used this text again and again and again. In this message, this message that Jesus, he shows us, Jesus shows us what God is like as he enters, not as a king, to annihilate, but one who comes humble and gentle. This demonstrates what love looks like. This shows us the way of Jesus. And so this week, because the entrance, the descent into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday is the way of Jesus and showing us his way. And so this week, this whole week, we are being invited as a people of Jesus, or people who are exploring Jesus, people who are curious of Jesus, or people who say, hey, I I might be confused about so many things, but I'm drawn to Jesus. We're pulled this week into the way of Jesus. And that way, through this week, will be a part of that will be the Stations of the Cross, which was an ancient tradition of pilgrims to actually to go to Jerusalem and to walk in those places remembering the way of Jesus on his final steps. Now, I've been to Jerusalem, and I've taken one of those walks on a Friday where they take you through those places to, this, to the old city. But the Stations of the Cross that you see in other churches, are that, they're that intent to say, you can walk the way of Jesus right where you are. You don't have to travel across the sea to do so. So I want to invite you, this week, do it with others. You can do it alone. Walk the way of Jesus this week. Be reminded of his way. We have those out front. You can walk that 24-7 over the next week, any time, any time of day or night. Come out here and walk it. And there was a few dates if you didn't want to do it alone, you can come in that way. Another chance to look at the way of Jesus is Monday, Thursday. So Monday means commandment, and Thursday means Thursday. This one coming up, right? So Good Friday is about Friday, and Monday, Thursday is about that, that day before. And in that one, historically, the church looks at the way of Jesus, and there's two things that happened in John 13 that are significant. So one is Jesus pulling his disciples in and saying, As I've loved you. I give you a new commandment, love one another. That's not new. The new commandment is this, as I have loved you, love each other. That's new. That's a new commandment. That's a new binding. This is a new revelation. This is a new law, however you want to determine it. But this is Jesus saying, hey, you want to know my way? You want to know my law? Love people the way I've loved you. Now, before he does that, he washes their feet. And says, let me show you what I've done for you, and so I want you to do this for others. And then he breaks bread with them. And so Thursday is a way to step into the way of Jesus. And so I've got a little sheet back in there, but really it's just the the scripture of John 13. And it's an invitation to do this. So the one thing about Monday Thursday is you can't do this alone. And so, gather with a friend, another person, look at that way of Jesus in one of his final teachings. And we want to invite you to engage in it, to, to read it, but maybe even to enter it. And if, you're, if you want to, wash each other's feet. And again, if that's too weird, it's okay. It's like it, then how about wash each other's hands? Or, we had some people during the warming center, what if we just put lotion, what if we just use lotion, it's another option. Just lotion each other's hands and, and reflect on the teaching of Jesus, and then pray a simple blessing upon each other, being reminded of what Jesus taught. So I want to encourage you, step into the way of Jesus on Thursday. And so there's a little sheet back in there, we're going to throw it on the digital calendar. Um, as a way of encouraging us to say, what's this way of Jesus as he enters lowly? Oh, this is the way. And as we walk the stations of the cross, we're reminded, oh, that's the way. And then on Good Friday, in the morning, we'll remember the way of Jesus. And on that Good Friday, the night, we're going to enter into the sorrow and the silence of the way of Jesus. even though he was ridiculed and brought before all of his accusers, he said nothing. He didn't tell his followers to rise up and defend him. He didn't tell them to burn the place down. He didn't tell them to retaliate in his name. He said nothing of that. None of his enemies and none of those who created harm to him were ever prosecuted or punished. And they were never sought to be prosecuted or punished. And yet on the cross, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. That's the way of Jesus, emptying himself in sacrificial love, to demonstrate for us what love looks like. And so we invite you, step into the way of Jesus. It's the one, the king who's coming, riding on the donkey, lowly. Jesus had a way. And so we say on Thursday, This is that commandment of Jesus from John 13 that we want to encourage you to enter this coming Thursday. A new command I give you, love one another. As I said, that's not a new command. Here's the new command. As I have loved you. So in reference to Jesus, in the way that Jesus loved, you must love one another. Paul talks about how Jesus how God demonstrated his love for us the way for Jesus dying and giving us life laying himself self emptying himself in an act of love and service for others so as, as I have loved you do it too by this everyone will know you're my disciples this is what marks my people by going the way of Jesus which is the way of the donkey the way of humility, the way of gentleness, not the way of revenge or of force, even though the way of revenge and force is etched in me and on you by our own culture and every culture that's come before us. But Jesus is leading to us a different way for restoration. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? As if Simon doesn't know the way. Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay my life down for you. And what Simon was saying right there was that he would pick up a sword and he would fight for Jesus. That is not the way. And so Jesus is like, no, 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 no. That's never the way. The conversation goes on. So sometimes when you're reading the Bible and they have those numbers in there and those numbers sometimes make it feel like, oh, end of story, scene, new scene, next chapter. They were put there a long time after. Sometimes you need to ignore the headings and the numbers because they they make us stop when they shouldn't. So Jesus is talking about the way in this way, not of violence, and saying, no, this is not your way, Peter, you're not going to die, but, but love one another. This, this, my command I give you is, I've loved you, love one another, and then the story goes on. Do not let your hearts be troubled. This is John 14, 1 through 7. You believe in God, believe also in, in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would, have told, I, I, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way of the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And then Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus saying, I am the way. And I'm the way to life, and I'm the way to truth. But I am the way, and Jesus has a way. A way in which to live. And Jesus is saying, not only am I the way, but I want you to live into this way. But you've seen, he's like, we don't know the way. And he's like, oh, I'm the way. And you've seen the Father because we're one. I'm the Father. I am God. I am the way. So as followers Jesus, we invite, we, we hear this invitation into this way of Jesus. This way was not just about being martyred and and that, but it was a way of love, of saying, in the way that I've loved you, love others. That's the way. And that will continue to be the way for us. So this week, let's walk in the way of Jesus, being reminded of the life of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, and let's live into this way as we celebrate every aspect of Jesus' way this week. Of any holiday within Christianity, this is the apex. Now, Dickens came along and transformed our culture. Christmas has, like, trumped everything. But, But since the resurrection of Jesus, the gathered ones of Jesus, this has marked them. And that's why we've got a week of opportunities. So, we invite you, let's enter into the way of Jesus, worship. That's my cue. I'm done. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. There can be no illusion to another way than yours. Other people can stand up and and try to say their own interpretation. They can begin to model something else, but may they be silenced by you, the king who comes on a donkey. Humble and gentle and lowly. We see your way and we are in awe of your sacrificial love poured out for us and all of humanity. May we be transformed by your love. And in our suffering that we walk, may we be transformed as your love pours upon us in our suffering. And we're able to pour ourselves out in sacrificial love to others. Fill us, Holy Spirit, with your life. Amen.
10: Stand with me and we'll read the affirmation of faith together. The words will be on the screen. We believe in a God who walks headfirst into the world's suffering who lights a candle in the darkest night, who pulls back the curtain so we can see the stars. We believe in a God who does not shy away from the truth, who is bold in seeking justice, and humble in taking power. We believe in a God who sees our hurt and wraps love around it, cocooning us in hope, tethering us to one another. We believe in a God who is always carrying us from the pain of the world into the hope of a new day. That is where God is headed. That is where we follow. May it be so. Amen. We want to invite you to stay for lunch. We'll be meeting in the South Hall, so if you walk across the lobby there's stairs or there's a lift that goes down. And so we'll have lunch there together and then we're gonna have a memorial service for Kyle Movius back in here after lunch. And so you're invited as a church family to participate in both of those. And now a benediction, as you leave this place, may God bless you with seeking, seek out the hungry, seek out the weary, seek the good in every person you pass, seek out the hopeful, seek the faithful, seek God in each and every one of us. As you seek and as you wonder, may you find what you're looking for in the name of our loving God, who is always seeking us. And so go now in peace. Amen. We'll see you at lunch.